Oh, that's our problem. We're not into our recording enough. Yeah, no, we, we don't care. We're just we're just in it for the money. <laughs> oh. All them sweet, sweet podcast bucks. <laughs> that's the official currency of podcasting. Podcast bucks. They're redeemable nowhere. Maybe Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> They're going bankrupt. Well, not enough podcast bucks is the problem. <laughs> that must be, must be why. Now we know. Hello and welcome to Book Retorts. I'm Sam. I'm Danielle. And this is the podcast about what it's like to share your weird media finds with your friends who don't really know what they are. This week, I'm very excited because we are doing the second and final week of our Shark Week special, Shark, Shark Movies. Week. Shark Week. <laughs> Thank you, Danielle. Very I'm musical. <laughs> Love Shark Week. It's great. It's great. So last week, Danielle, you did the little known but actually quite excellent movie, Bait. And so this week, we're doing something with a rather more prestigious pedigree, the movie Jaws the Revenge, which is the fourth film of the Jaws franchise and possibly the least well-received. <laughs> Very prestigious. Anyway... I'm going to share with you a summary that's very short because all of the summaries I could find online just gave way too much away. They sort of spoiled all the insane twists. So this is going to be a very bare bones summary. And I'm sorry about that, but trust me, it preserves the suspense for later. Okay. All right. So here you go. It says, Chief Brody's widow believes that her family is deliberately being targeted by another shark in search of revenge. So what we've already learned from the summary is that, in fact, the shark is the one seeking revenge, not the families of all the people the shark murdered. Which is insane because I've discussed this before where I don't understand how sharks know where the protagonists are at all times. In all shark movies? Yes, yeah, in no, it's all crazy. shark movies. And this is even more insane. And again, well, I'll talk about this later because our points in the film where this will come up, but it's nonsense. So let's just get right to it because Shark's got a shark, you know? Did Chief Brody die? He must have died in We'll get to that, Danielle. Don't, you're, you're jumping ahead. Stop. Stop trying to jump ahead. <laughs> well, it was valid from the context of the, the summary. I, he was alive in the first movie. <laughs> he was, and he has a widow now. That's pretty concrete. But patience, okay. we will get there. So- Jaws opens with the John Williams score, which is probably the only thing it shares with the original film, except <laughs> a myriad callbacks that it tries to sort of elevate itself with. Well, the score is really good, so that's bad. It's a really good score. It's only the opening, the Jaws theme. The rest of it is scored by someone else, which isn't bad. I just didn't really notice the music that much after that point. So it opens with a camera that's panning along the bottom of the ocean, I presume. There's shipwrecks and detritus, and the camera then lifts up and it's like skimming the surface of the water like a shark swimming across the surface and it's headed towards a dock and a little town and then it goes back underwater and it just does that over and over it goes up it goes down it goes in the, and as it goes up the town becomes closer and it goes back down the obligatory water shots that are required yes. in all shark movies exactly and it just does it for a long time and then it cross dissolves to a fish head that's frying in a pan <laughs> so that's how they start the movie with Shark tracking camera crosses all of two fish frying. Very dramatic. Uh, yes, way more dramatic than this movie deserves. <laughs> 
So there's a young man. He's sitting on a kitchen counter watching his mother prepare some food, frying up the fish. A young man. Young man is what age? I don't know. 20 is. Okay. He's engaged. He's a deputy in the police force, which I'll get to in a moment. He is the son of the late Chief Brody. So sad. Rest in peace, Chief Brody. Yes. He is a son of the late Chief Brody and is therefore Deputy Brody. He declares he's going to get a Christmas tree tomorrow, so we're establishing the time is Christmas time. So this is a Christmas movie? Is that what we're saying? It is for like the first 15 minutes, and at which point it becomes irrelevant. <laughs> Excellent. Christmas sharks. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't watch shark. <laughs> little sharks with little, like, those red caps. <laughs> streaming behind them as they swim through the water. So cute. They could be wrapped in tinsel. They sparkle oh when they... Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would them. love that. <laughs> tinsel sharks. <laughs> His mom asked him to repair some vegetables. So he starts chopping up vegetables. She's like, be careful. And he's like, I'll be fine. Then he cuts himself immediately. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> His mom asked, are you okay? And he's like, oh, it adds flavor. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Clean off the vegetables. <laughs> right? And this is somehow a scene they decide to keep in the movie. This film is a trim 90 minutes almost exactly. But I feel like there's maybe 15 minutes of movie in here. <laughs> so there's a lot of... Irrelevant scenes, I'm not sure why they're here, and I'm going to go through most of them, so you have to suffer with me. Oh, okay. Looking forward to this, as always. <laughs> the phone rings, and it's granddaughter Brody on the phone. So the granddaughter of Chief Brody? Yeah, Chief Brody's granddaughter, and the granddaughter of this woman, who I'll call the mother, because I forget her name, Ellen? Something like that. Doesn't matter. I will not give you anyone's names, except for like two people in this movie, because I do not remember them. I actually remember them in relationship to each other. Because everyone's like, oh, it's mom or grandma, or everyone just calls each other by those things. That's like every episode we do. <laughs> yeah, so good luck. So it's, just, it's the granddaughter, Thea Brody, who is six, something like that. I don't know. I'm not very good at child ages. <laughs> They're having this full-on conversation between the grandmother and the granddaughter, and eventually her other son gets on the phone, and it doesn't do that thing where you can hear them clearly. It actually sounds like it's coming out of the phone, and it's very quiet and very hard to hear what the heck they're saying. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what they talked about. There was something about the family being in the sunshine or somewhere. It, it, I thought they said the sunshine state, but that turns out to be wrong. It's not Florida. <laughs> Maybe it is Florida. I don't know. It, it was all very confusing. I'm not sure what was going on. It was hard to hear. I didn't have subtitles, so it doesn't matter. You should always have subtitles on. I know. It was a bad choice. So then it cuts to them going out at night. It's the young man, Deputy Brody. He's with his fiance. And this mom, and they're talking about how they have to get a big Christmas tree, and then he goes and stops into the police station for some reason, and he talks to the person manning the front desk, and she's the only one there. The camera lingers on a photo of Roy Scheider as the original Brody, and so it's trying very hard to get you to care about this being a Jaws movie. <laughs> so he basically just stops in and says hello, and then just leaves And for some reason. I don't know. I'm not sure why he stopped into work. He's all in his uniform. He's like, I just stop by and say hello. Anything going on? No? All right. Bye. Well, small town. Maybe he just felt like he wanted to say hi. Well, as he's about to leave, or as he's leaving, the phone rings, and the, the person answers the phone and calls him back in, and you know, there's some kind of detritus or something caught on a buoy out in the harbor, and he has to go and clean it out before the fishermen head out the next day. And he's like, well, why can't so-and-so do it? And she says, they're cow tipping, and then proceeds to explain what cow tipping is to everybody. It's like, what's when kids go up and tip over cows right. while they're sleeping? So they can't... Wait, so... <laughs> 
the cop or Deputy Brody has to go out and fix the buoy. Because whoever was supposed to be on call or whatever is, is out, out cow, cow tipping. tipping. But aren't they supposed to be cops? Why are they cow tipping? That's not it's not illegal, but it's highly I, frowned I don't think upon. it's a cop. I think it's like some harbor person. How do they know they're out cow tipping? Did they like call the police station and say, hey, I'm not going to be on tonight. I'm Danielle, cow tipping. This old lady who mans the desk in the police station clearly has her finger on the pulse of Amity Island. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she knows where all the cow tippings are happening. Also, Amity's an island. Were there cows on that island? It doesn't seem like an island that has cows. Um... I don't remember seeing cows in the first Jaws movies, but maybe they were in the second or third one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe. But it seems like on a small island that's fairly heavily developed as a resort place that dedicating pasture space to cows would be very expensive and silly. You'd have to bring them over on a boat, I guess. Well, yes. Obviously, cows don't swim good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe, uh, maybe they do. I don't know how good cows swim, but they seem like they'd be rather large to swim very well long distances. Well, I don't think you'd like, put them in the water and be like, okay, so we're across the <laughs> island, guys. Let's go. <laughs> no, you, you do the thing with like grass on the end of a fishing pole and like get it on front of their head and they swim across <laughs> while you ride them. <laughs> you ride them. <laughs> That's what a cowboy does, right? They ride cows. Yes. That's okay. why they're called cowboys. Obviously, otherwise you'd be called horse boys. <laughs> <laughs> Those are centaurs, my mistake. <laughs> Whole other mythos. <laughs> anyway, so after some back and forth, it's Brody who has to go out and clear the materials from the buoy to write it. And this is all very contrived. <laughs> yes. Cow tipping usually is. Not the cow tipping, the plot. It has <laughs> <laughs> a plot point. Cow tipping usually is. Okay, that's fair. So it cuts to a Christmas band slash choir rehearsing Christmas carols on the dock in the night for some reason. And that just seems like a bad idea. Yeah, that's odd. Are they actually rehearsing or are they Yeah, singing? they're rehearsing. They're, I mean, they're singing and playing and the guy's like, stop, stop, stop. Okay, we got to take it again. How weird. Maybe their building was being fumigated or something. I don't know. Maybe it's a dress rehearsal. It's like a whole manger scene. It's a whole thing. Yeah, maybe dress rehearsal sounds legit. I'm going with that. All right. So Deputy Brody, you know, moves through the crowd, does his, hello, how you doing? I'm Deputy Brody. What's up? I used to be the shepherd. Good luck with that role, you know, being all charming. So you know he's dead. Is this before or after the buoy? This is before the buoy. He's okay. on his way to get to the boat, and he's passing through the dock where this rehearsal is happening. That's good, because I thought he was going to die on the buoy, so I was confused that he made it off the buoy. <laughs> no, no, he's definitely dead. This is this is the point. I mean, this was not anything that I think anyone didn't see coming. That's so sad. She loses Chief Brody and Deputy Brody. Yeah, we'll get there. Don't worry. There's a <laughs> lot of time in this movie dedicated to Mama Brody and her emotions. That's sad. It is. This Poor is Mama a Brody. dour movie. <laughs> yeah, call her Mama Brody. <laughs> All right, so he gets onto a boat. He's wearing one of those yellow rain slicker things with that the hat. Mm -hmm. So he heads out to the buoy, and there's like a log stuck under it. And it seems just not that important of a thing to fix, but I don't know anything about buoys. So he leans over, and he's looping a rope uh, around the, the log, and then it cuts to the scene of the eyes of the shark eyeing him. <laughs> Just like hanging out up there, it's like, ooh, a person. Oh, it's, it's much stupider than that, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> so you remember how in Jaws, the shark took a long time to show up and they never really showed it a lot because A, the animatronics didn't look great and they always were malfunctioning, but B, it made a better movie because it built suspense. Yes. Here, the shark is put on full display all the time, <laughs> and it is a baffling choice because it looks like a foam rubber Muppet. It's bad. <laughs> 
<laughs> it takes any tension out of the movie. I'll keep that in mind as I'm envisioning these scenes. So the shark immediately launches out of the water and bites off Deputy Brody's arm. Just arm off. And Deputy Brody falls back into the boat. It's just gone. His arm is gone. He looks sort of at his stump and is like, oh! Is there blood spurting from it? There's no blood spurting on it. There's like blood painted on his coat, <laughs> his yellow raincoat. And it's clear that his arm is just tucked under the raincoat. You can see the bulk of it. And he's he's reacting, but kind of in a lackluster way of like, oh, God, oh, no, my arm, oh, no, oh. Help. And it's cutting between him screaming and the people on the dock singing Christmas carols. So the shark jumped into the boat to bite it off his arm? jumped on top of the boat. Like, he was leaning over. That's and impressive. the shark lunged up and grabbed his arm as he was leaning over to loop the rope around the log under the buoy. Why are sharks in movies always so enthusiastic about coming out of the water for their prey? This shark wants revenge, Danielle. It has a mission. <laughs> Clearly. So it's kind of between the Christmas carols and him screaming, help me, help me. And the shark comes back and just eats part of the boat. And the boat starts <laughs> to sink. And then Deputy Brody is bobbing in the water, yelling a few times. And he disappears in that thing where the little gurgle of bloody red water comes up. <laughs> and he's gone. Oh, poor Deputy Brody. We barely knew you. We, we really barely knew him <laughs> at all. And they tried hard to establish him so we should care about because he has a fiance and he's up and coming deputy and it didn't, it didn't work. He's just gone. It is the most sort of abrupt and dismissive character deaths I think I can remember in a while. That family might be cursed. No, that's not cursed, Danielle. It's malevolent sharks. <laughs> Out to get the Brody family. That's exactly – Danielle, that's the premise of this movie. <laughs> you can't keep making that joke when it's why, literally this movie's they, entire premise. Are we going to get into why they're out for revenge? No. Okay. Because they, they killed the shark right. in the first Jaws movie. Are these like the baby sharks of the mama shark? Where they is, all okay, come so from? this is something I got to say because I was going to mention this later when the, when I thought about it during the actual – my watching of this film. But I'll talk about it now. I didn't watch Jaws 2 or Jaws 3D – even though 3D is – they tried to make it not canon when they released this movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they're after the Brody family. I don't know if they like killed the shark and something like his wife shark is mad at them or his <laughs> baby sharks or his shark family or if it's like all sharks are Gang now after the Brody family. Like it's an honor thing at the Yakuza. You kill one and they all come after you. <laughs> I have no idea why a shark that wasn't involved in the first shark movie would be after the Brody family. Now, maybe something happened in the second Jaws where there's a family of sharks or a pod or something. Pods or dolphins, but whatever. <laughs> okay, pods of sharks, sure. What do you, I don't know what a group of sharks is called. Um, it's I'm not, not a school. Sure. So <laughs> School of sharks. That's, like, that's all I got. So whatever it is, a group of sharks, whatever it's called. Listeners, add us. That time you can add us. You can do that. <laughs> Tell us what a group of sharks is called. Whatever it is, somehow one of those sharks has a real murder fantasy on the Brody family. Okay. So we're just – you're asking me basically just to go with it that we have murder Danielle, shark. That is literally the entire premise of this movie. If okay. you don't go with it, this is going to be a <laughs> long, long episode of you saying, why is the shark attacking that family? Because he wants revenge. Why does he want revenge? Don't ask questions. Sharks just want revenge. <laughs> okay. Revenge shark. I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. Let's do <laughs> okay. it. We had a ghost shark. Talked about that last time. <laughs> We had bait, a shark that likes grocery stores. <laughs> Maybe we can have a revenge shark. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, so he's dead. And it cuts to the morgue where the mom is watching them unveil the body from the body bag and is like, you know, weeping, of course, and extremely tragic for someone we barely knew. 
And then his brother Michael arrives, and it cuts to another scene where his brother Michael is arriving with his wife and the granddaughter. They flew in, apparently, to come see the mother, and they're coming to her house. And obviously, they want to be there to comfort her and to do all this, you know, appropriate family stuff. So that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And the mom is super depressed, and she's standing outside the house, staring at the ocean, and it's just super dour. This is the most sad shark thriller movie I've ever seen. It is like depressing for the first hour, 40 minutes. It's just, it's like watching a tragedy. Well, everybody in your family has died from revenge sharks, so. <laughs> Not everybody no, yet. It's, get, it's getting close. <laughs> it's a lot of people. So there are some family friends over and they're talking with Michael and his wife and their daughter as they come in. And they mention that the fiance is really upset and she had to be sedated. And that's literally the last time the fiance will ever be mentioned. Well, you know, she's not really that important, I guess, if the other guy's dead. <laughs> yeah, how dare she have her own emotions in tragedy? <laughs> I'm saying that, but unless the movie's about her. It's not. It's just kind of a very weird, dismissive line. So, oh, yeah, he had a fiancé who we met for all of three seconds of screen time who was just mentioned to be sedated and was irrelevant. <laughs> well, maybe the shark isn't out to get people who aren't blood-related. That's fair. I mean, maybe the shark can, they can smell blood, right? So they can smell who's related. But I'm bunch. So the so one of the family friends picks up the daughter, the granddaughter, and is like talking about you know, hey, how you doing? You've grown so big. And the granddaughter says, Uncle Sean is dead. You know, will he ever come back? And her mom just says, We'll talk about that some more later. <laughs> it is awful. <laughs> So Michael goes out to see his mother who's staring at the ocean and they hug. And at this point, I realized I didn't actually know what the relationship was to the original Chief Brody. It hadn't been brought up before mm -hmm. in the movie. I'm telling you that this is wife and that's his Chief Brody's sons and everything, but this was never mentioned. So this movie does a very poor job of establishing relationships. It assumes you've seen the other Jaws movies, I guess, and know all the relationships already. Mm -hmm. So... I still didn't know who these people were, really, and I was very confused as to why I should care. <laughs> I knew they were Brodies. I didn't know if they were, like, cousins or children or whatever. doesn't matter. I mean, you liked Chief Brody originally. You're just supposed to like we the did. other ones as well. I guess so. So later, they're making dinner, and the mom comes in and is like, you know, oh, I'll make fettuccine. And she starts, like, angrily making fettuccine. Does she say it like that with that Italian accent? What Italian accent? You used an Italian accent when you said fettuccine. Because fettuccine? Yeah, you went fettuccine. <laughs> I did not go fettuccine. I'm not <laughs> Mario. Did, but you really did say it like that. <laughs> well, maybe it's just the Italian heritage in me coming out. <laughs> Must be it. She did not sound like a stereotype, Danielle. Okay. Just checking. And then the mom says, it came for him. It waited all this time and it came for him. <laughs> no. Which is a bonkers thing to just assume. And she tells Michael, I want you to get out of the water, to quit that job. What job? I don't know. And they argue, and she's like, I don't want anyone in my family anywhere near the water ever again. They should maybe not live on an island. <laughs> you would think. And Michael says, come on, you don't believe that voodoo. Sharks don't commit murder. And really, he's right. It's a shark, not Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> Is that like an old shark legend that they follow you around? No, no. So here's the best exchange in the film, my favorite one anyway. And his mom says, it picked Sean. It killed your father. Michael interrupts by saying, dad died from a heart attack. To which the mom says, he died from fear. The fear of it killed him. <laughs> so 
Somehow, she is blaming the shark for her husband's heart attack. Well, you know, he had a very stressful life with all those shark revenge killings. (laughs) And so I just want to take a brief moment here to pause and analyze the shark's plan. And yes, I said the shark's plan. The shark presumably got a log wedged under a buoy, knowing that Chief Brody, or I'm sorry, Deputy Brody, would come out to dislodge it so he could be attacked by the shark. But how did the shark know what's his face was out cow tipping? I don't know. I mean, maybe he talked to the woman at the front desk. <laughs> maybe he gave the guy the idea to go cow tipping. This shark is amazing. It is better than die hard all the like intricate plans were like oh that would never work because that plan is way too complex. this shark has a plan that is flawless <laughs> i like the idea that the guy was like sitting on the dock or out in a boat and the shark <laughs> swam by and was like hey you know it'd be fun cow tipping <laughs> and the other looks around and goes cow tipping what a great idea <laughs> i'm gonna go tonight instead of doing my job I really want to imagine the shark as some evil genius because the way things just fall into place for it are incredible. If it's not actively pursuing these things, the fact that they happen just so conveniently means that God or whatever force in the universe is controlling these people wants them to be eaten by a shark. Anyway, the mom is clearly convinced that the shark is taking revenge out on them. Why this is her first thought? I don't know. But she is shown to be kind of a shark psychic in this movie. She always knows when the shark's about or attacking one of her family members. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's great. She'll be somewhere and then she'll suddenly look up and, I'll, and the shark is attacking someone. It's great. So she's psychically linked to the shark? <laughs> that's Maybe my that's best how she guess. knows that it was like his, the shark's ultimate goal was to kill her husband. Well, later they go to the Bahamas and the shark follows him there. And so <laughs> I'm guessing the shark. What? Oh, that, yeah, yeah. I really didn't want to spoil that because that was in all the script. But they go to the Bahamas, which is where Michael lives. And the shark follows them to the Bahamas. I'm guessing via the psychic link with the mother. <laughs> <laughs> what is this movie? It's so good. So we'll get to that. But before that, we have to do some, some more legwork, some more character development, some more sadness. So it cuts to Michael and his wife walking on the beach, reminiscing about his late brother. And then Michael just starts running off down the beach for no particular reason, just mid-sentence, just zoom off down the beach. <laughs> and then it cuts to a funeral. So <laughs> He's running away from his feelings. He's <laughs> running away from his wife. And he's like, happy running? She's like, where are you going? She's like, I don't know. I, this movie makes some insane choices with how it chooses to display emotion and what it chooses to cut to a different scene. So it cuts to the funeral and the priest is doing the, there's a time to heal, a time to grieve, a time to joy, a time to lay down. You know, while he's doing that, it keeps cutting to flashbacks. <laughs> Those of, the words to that? No, I'm making that up. It was just like, something like that. Wait a minute. <laughs> I almost went into that song, so <laughs> I had to make. I had to quickly change directions. I was like that aren't the words at all. I don't know the words, Danielle, but I didn't want to start doing the song. <laughs> Sorry, continue. So, during that speech, it keeps cutting to flashbacks. Obviously, Mama Brody is having memories of Chief Brody playing with the little kids. I think these are from Jaws two mm-hmm. because they're not from the first Jaws movie that I remember. Because I remember Daddy Brody playing with his children in the first Jaws movie. So that's a choice, the choice to flash back to the lesser Jaws movie. Yeah, but they're supposed to be like consistently building. So it kind of makes sense to flash back to any of the Jaws movies. Oh, sure, sure. It's just an interesting choice. 
And so after the funeral, they invite the mom to go to the island with them. And again, at this point, I don't know where the island is. I assume they meant Amity Island, but she already lives in Amity Island. So I was very confused until they got into a plane. I realized they're going somewhere else and they land in the Bahamas. And now I know they live in the Bahamas. That was never mentioned before in the movie. (laughs) At least if it was, it was on that really hard to hear phone call that I missed. So I could not piece this together. I could not figure out what the heck was going on and why they were on a plane or where they were going. This was all so confusing to me. Okay, they're in the Bahamas. Apparently, Not the shark yet, followed them. I want to talk about the journey there, which is great. Is the shark following them in the water beneath the airplane? <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> it is not. That is genius, but it's not. <laughs> so while they're doing this, like the mom is on the ferry to Amity Island or in the taxi cab or on a small little prop plane. She's always sort of staring wistfully out the window. And while they're on the ferry back to Amity Island after the funeral, she just breaks down sobbing Aww. over the edge of the boat. And it's just so heavy. It's such a sad movie. <laughs> just It's just 20, 30 minutes of this mom grieving her child in the most explicit way. And I'm like, this isn't fun. This isn't a blockbuster. This is sad. And yeah, I get it. You know, it, she should be very sad and grieving her. And that's not at all an unreasonable emotion for her to feel. But it's such a weird choice for this movie to be this deep and depressing delve into a grieving mother who gets over it pretty quickly later. Because <laughs> there's sharks in the Bahamas. <laughs> and she meets a dude and you know, starts having some fancy times with a fella. Oh, so good. she gets over it pretty quick. <laughs> and I'm like, what? She was just sobbing uncontrollably yeah, uh, a month and ago. Yeah, but her child dying are two different things. <laughs> yeah, but she's over it. She's like, I moved on. It's, I'll get to that. It's crazy. <laughs> So they're flying out a little prop plane. It's just them, and they clearly know the pilot. I think his name is Hoagie, and it's Michael Caine. Michael Caine, the pilot, is in this movie. Love Michael Caine. I know. He is charming, and they're flying. He puts the little girl, the granddaughter, on his lap, and he does like some dive bombs with the plane, which just seems unsafe. It, it is. Does he need, Did he need money? Why was he in Jaws 4? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. It was 1987, I think. Maybe he was – I don't remember what he was doing in the 80s. Perhaps he – he did need the money then. <laughs> he looks pretty good. I give him that. And he's having fun, it seems. So who knows? So now they're in a cab. And so far, this movie's like 90% shots of the grieving mother. She's staring wistfully out the window. And this caught me completely off guard. There's Christmas carols playing in the cab, I assume on the radio. But then it cuts to the front seat and the cab driver is singing into like his CB radio. What? And I have no idea why he's singing Christmas carols into a CB radio. <laughs> they never explain it. You don't see it like playing anywhere else in any other cab or anything. No, it's just him singing the little microphone thing. Presumably, I thought it was just for his passengers. But then why does he have the radio thing? going it doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense is he just like the button pushed down to actually communicate yeah, like it's being yeah. like portrayed to all the like truckers yeah. and cabs in the area i guess i don't know what's going on it's insane i'm like i was showing the mother and it's playing christmas carols and they're in a cab I'm like okay it's the radio or it's something like that but no they had to show that some guy was singing christmas carols to them in this cab ride do you think other people like truckers are like oh hey it's john i love his christmas carols or do you think they're just like super over it and turn off the radios so this is my ignorance. <laughs> I don't know how big the Bahamas are or how many Bahama Islands, bah- Bahamanian Islands there are. So I don't know if there are a lot of truckers on the Bahamas. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's probably quite a few people who use a CB radio. I would imagine so. There, there are taxis and stuff, but you've got me. It feels like a kind of a small island where everyone knows each other, at least in this particular movie. So... Maybe I went to like, oh, yeah, it's John the Singing Cabbie. <laughs> so 
they get to their house and there's some kids playing out on a rope on the dock over the ocean and the granddaughter's like, oh, I want to go swing on the rope. And she runs out there and the grandmother, Mama Brody, freaks out and is like, no, don't swing on the rope. And Don't go near the ocean. <laughs> basically, yes, even though we're on an island in the Bahamas. Like I said earlier, she needs to stop going to islands. Like, there are <laughs> like, so many <laughs> landlocked areas. <laughs> yeah, go, move to Nebraska yeah, or something. like, why? You <laughs> <laughs> would be safe, and what's the shark going to do? Charter a plane and come get you in Nebraska? I mean, this shark probably could. It's clearly a very smart shark. <laughs> and you'd find out that they're like put into the lake in the nearby resort. <laughs> or, or it's like they go to the, the aquarium, and the shark is there waiting for them. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that movie. <laughs> Surprise shark. <laughs> Aquarium shark. <laughs> no, just wherever they are. They're in like a restaurant and in the like lobster tank. Shark. <laughs> wherever they are, the shark is there waiting for them. <laughs> so there's a big argument where the granddaughter's mother tries to get the granddaughter away from there while the grandmother is freaking out and they're having an argument. She's like, everyone else gets to do it. Why don't I get to do it? And I wrote in my notes, this will probably come up later. So it seems like something that would happen. You know, the rope swing would be a thing in the future for the movie. It, it isn't. Really? She never like goes out there again when her parents or when her mom's not paying attention and she's like, nope. I'm going to go play on the rope swing and then falls in the water. Nope, nope. nope. Rope swing never comes up. It is never mentioned again. It is irrelevant. That's so weird. I know. Like, this is a great setup. You know, she's playing on the rope swing and like dangling above the water and the shark like lunges for her or something. No. That's so sad. What a wasted opportunity. I, know, I would love to see movie, a rope swing shark. <laughs> this movie keeps in the most pointless scenes and cuts out or doesn't have the things you would expect from a fun shark movie. <laughs> it is baffling. So Michael is showing his mom around the island as a bar with a giant metal sculpture in it that looks kind of shark-like and the mom is very uncomfortable, but it's like an abstract shark-like way and apparently this is his wife's work michael's wife who was an artist and is doing this on commission for the island mm -hmm. so we learn more about them that way everything's sort of just like oh here's the wife here's what she does here's michael here's what he does it's all very laid out like that not very organic mm -hmm. so then it cuts to the mom swimming in the water it's a classic jaw shot from below the water Wait, the, she's mom, getting the mom the yeah, like the, the mama brody why is she in the water she's like so anti-water wait for it she gets a little freaked out she turns around to swim and is attacked by a shark but psych it's a dream okay <laughs> i was like what <laughs> yeah this movie is at least consistent in that this lady hates water okay good so she's having nightmares about the shark and then it cuts to michael in a submersible under the water and he's having this fun banter with this guy with a Jamaican accent, it sounds like. And now, again, my ignorance, I don't know what a Bahamanian accent sounds like. Maybe it's very similar to Jamaican. So I'm not going to comment if it's Bahamanian or Jamaican, but it sounds in that family of Jamaican accent. So this is part of his job. Yeah. So he is swimming underwater and this guy's like, they're having this you know, friendly banter. He's like, hurry up, get those things tagged. And Michael is, you know, bantering with him. And the guy's name is Jake. And Michael is tagging conks, so conch shells. Mm -hmm. Apparently, this is what they do. He's a biologist student and he's studying conch shells, the reproductive habits of conch. I definitely went towards like cronk from um, the llama Everest movie. Yeah. <laughs> llama movie, great. <laughs> I was like, that's not what he meant. <laughs> no, conch shells and conchs are very different. It's not conchs. Is this conch? Are they plural like deer? I think it's like deer. Deers. Let's go with it. Many deer. There's several deers. Yeah. You don't say deers. You say several deer. <laughs> like that sounds wrong <laughs> it is wrong it's a weird it's a weird self-contained plural there are many english conch. is so fun <laughs> yeah they, they never say conks they always say conk so oh get the conk or hey tag the conk so i'm going with it 
Plurals are hard. And so apparently the tags keep falling off the conch shells and they keep arguing about whose fault it is. And I think this might be the shark sabotaging Michael, is my <laughs> guess. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't put up again, but I like to imagine the shark is sabotaging Michael's <laughs> research by taking the tags off the things he's tagging. Well, <laughs> so far the shark happy. seems pretty intelligent, so I'm willing to believe it. It's more of a poltergeist than a shark at this point, <laughs> <laughs> except for the murder of his brother. That was real. Go shark. <laughs> So he and Jake clearly have a sort of a playful relationship. They're best friends and research partners. Jake's going to die, isn't he? Maybe. (laughs) So it's Christmas morning and Jake and his wife, girlfriend, not clear, is over with Michael and his family and they're opening presents. And the mom gets sad and leaves the house for a bit. So it's more sad brooding. She looks out over the ocean. Michael follows her out and she once again tries to convince him to find a non-water-based line of work. Mm -hmm. And Michael says, he's safe. We're scientists. We're almost PhDs. We know what we're doing. And speaking as someone who has been through higher education, (laughs) that is not true. (laughs) None of those things make you sure you know what you're doing at any point in your life. (laughs) It's not like universal knowledge. (laughs) You get a degree, you know everything. (laughs) It's like, oh, I have a PhD now, or I'm almost a PhD. I know everything about how to be safe on the ocean. I would not trust myself or any, like, the more you know about something, the more you know you don't know what you're doing. That's absolutely true. So that was hilarious. And then then it cuts to the shark swimming through the water, and it's a full-on straight-up shot of the shark, like, not obscured, not in any way, like, suspenseful, it's just a shark swimming through the water, and it's clearly this big foam rubber puppet in a pool. <laughs> oh, poor shark. I don't know why it's showing it, because it doesn't do anything, it's just swimming. Like, oh, I guess the shark made it to the Bahamas, <laughs> so that's good to know. It's like showing the progress of the shark tracking them down through New England coast down to the Bahamas. Is it just showing, so it's just showing the shark swimming, but you're assuming that it's following them to the Bahamas? That's my best guess. It shows them in a, it's clearly a pool. There's no features, there's no like kelp or any other like sea creatures or anything. It's just a green blue water with a shark puppet in it. <laughs> I think this would have been clearer if they had shown the shark swimming beneath the airplane. (laughs) That would have been a lot funnier. I would have really enjoyed that. How would it keep up with the airplane? (laughs) I don't know. How does it track down the main protagonist of the show? Why is it a revenge shark? Psychic link with Mama Brody. (laughs) Why does it have psychic powers? There's so many questions. It's a shining. It has a shining, Danielle. (laughs) Shining. (laughs) The shark has the shining. (laughs) This is part of the Stephen King universe. Shiny shark. (laughs) Shiny shark. <laughs> then that guy's going to show up in the hotel and get an axe in the chest trying to save them from the shark. Oh, it's so sad. <laughs> That's a fun movie. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so then it cuts from the shark swimming to the pilot rowing the boat to the beach and the mom and the granddaughter are making sandcastles on the beach when the mom's shark dar suddenly goes off and she stares out the ocean. But then nothing happens. Uh, and the pilot, Michael Caine, he gets to the beach and he starts talking with the mom. And it's clearly that they're starting to have a emotional connection. I'm not sure why this is here. There's a lot of scenes about the romance between Michael Caine and Mama Brody. And I'm not going to talk about them because they're pointless and boring. So he obviously took them to the island and then he just showed yeah. up on the beach one day. Well, he lives on the island. He was like a small prop plane, single engine, like a Cessna kind of thing, I think. Okay. So he is clearly a local whose job is as a pilot who carries local supplies for the island or people to and from the island because it's a very small airport. It's not like they have a giant airport that can handle jets or whatever. Right. So anyway, he is a local. Then he knows Michael like they're friends or someone. He's he's a well-known person. And so he comes up and is like talking to the mom. And again, I'm not going to talk much about it because it seems 
like they really want to push this B plot of Mama Brody having an emotional arc of becoming over her son's death by finding love, well, she, which seem like unrelated things. She does deserve some happiness. I'm not saying she when doesn't. Her whole but family has died, and Michael Caine's a good choice. I think he's a great choice. I'm totally fine with that. I'm just saying, just because you find some new guy to date doesn't mean that that somehow negates your grief over your lost son. Like those two things are separate. Right. But somehow this movie says no. All she needed was some good Michael Caine love, <laughs> and all her sadness is gone. Well, have you fallen in? love with Michael Caine, you don't know. Maybe that would negate your sadness. He is awfully charming, <laughs> I have to admit. You don't know, Sam. You don't know. I don't. You got me there, Daniel. I don't know. <laughs> then it cuts to Jake and Michael on their research boat, and Jake mentions that they're running out of money, so he wants to get a grant from the Office of Naval Research, and Michael dismisses because they put bombs on dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the end of that discussion. <laughs> That's it. Not, That's it. There's no more discussion. They put bombs on dolphins. I will not accept their grant money to study conch. <laughs> or conchs. We're not sure. Or conch. Some people say conch. So who knows? I always thought it was conch. <laughs> they say conch in this movie. But when I watched the Lord of the Flies movie, they said conch. So who knows? Well, wait, are they British in the Lord of the Flies movie? They are. Or maybe it's a completely different pronunciation. Like uh, herb like and herb. All right, gotcha. <laughs> or aluminum and aluminium. Well, that's actually spelled differently. So I'm giving that one a pass. <laughs> okay. That's fair. There's a weird history, which I won't get into here because it's not a chemistry <laughs> podcast, but I would tell the story of why those are different later. <laughs> maybe that's a bonus. A mini episode. <laughs> yeah, there you go. If you want that, everybody, let us know. <laughs> if you don't... Let don't us let know. know. Don't hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael gets on top of the boat and he takes some binoculars and he watches his mom and his daughter playing on the beach and he watches his mom with Michael Caine and clearly he does not approve. How do you not approve of Michael Caine in the 80s? He's apparently sort of a womanizing gambler. He lost a lot of money on craps at one point. Who knows? <laughs> That's fair, I guess. And then the mom is talking to Michael Caine about her shark paranoia, and she's like, I just can't stop thinking about her obsession. And that cuts to Michael Caine flying the mom around just for fun. So it's like a little Michael Caine date in the sky. I mean, flying in airplanes is pretty fun. And so he takes her to this place where there's a little festival going on, and they're just sort of having a fun little festival date. Is he going to die? Danielle, please. Uh, no spoilers. I don't want I don't want him to die though. I feel so bad for Mama Brody. <laughs> <laughs> so then it cuts to I'm Jake nervous. in the submersible tagging conks or conk. <laughs> Darn it, it's so hard. <laughs> And the shark just swims up right next to him while he's being razzed by Michael. So they're bantering. The shark just swims right next to Jake in the submersible thing. Oh, no. And this submersible is like an open submersible. So it has like an open top and they're wearing a scuba gear while they're in it. So it's not like a fully contained thing. Mm-hmm. How do they know this is the same shark? They don't. Not yet. How would they ever know it's the same shark? Psychic link, Danielle. Psychic link. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I keep forgetting about that. Sorry. <laughs> I keep forgetting the psychic link because it's insane. But – Anyway, the shark just swims right by Jake, and everyone's he's like, oh, there's a shark. Everyone sort of freaks out, and the shark sort of half-heartedly lunges out of the water <laughs> towards Michael on the boat, mm-hmm. and Michael just sort of easily moves out of the way of the shark. And <laughs> not not today, like shark. A, it looks like a hand puppet as it grabs the side of the boat and, like, chomps down on it, and it looks so fake, and his mouth is deforming around the <laughs> oh, <no>. boat. <laughs> it's bad. And it was not at all threatening. It just sort of, like... <laughs> Funk. And it was not fast. It was not scary. It was slow and plodding and clearly not a threat. (laughs) So this is what the part is. While the shark is eating the boat, it cuts back to the mom at the festival and they're dancing with Michael Caine. And then she looks up and her shark sense is tingling. (laughs) I don't understand this movie. 
<laughs> so at this point, I thought she's clearly shark psychic. <laughs> That's a fair assumption, it sounds like. She always knows when the shark is starting her family. It's great. So then it cuts to a next scene where Jake is all excited about a shark. He's like, a great white shark in the Bahamas? That's crazy. It's way too warm for them here. This shouldn't be here. I want to study that shark. And how it went right by him and went straight for Michael. And Michael is creeped out. But he doesn't make like a big deal about it. Like, don't tell my mom. Don't tell anyone. And I don't want to study the shark. And it was at this point that I had the realization that I don't know why the shark is after them. It's like, wait, why is the shark taking revenge on them? What <laughs> happened in the previous movies? So I got to this point before I had that thought, which should tell you something either about me or this movie. What was I like five minutes in? I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Well, because at that point, I knew the shark was like revenge. I didn't know if it was going to be specifically targeting the thing. Like at this point, when it literally bypasses someone else right next to it to go for Michael, I'm like, okay, the shark is on a mission. <laughs> like up to this point, it could all be sort of coincidence or just, you know, bad luck. But here it's clear the shark has a preference for Michael over literally someone in the water right next to it. And the shark hasn't even met Michael before. I don't know. Maybe in Jaws 2, they high-fived or something. I don't know. <laughs> He got it sent. <laughs> so this is where I'm like, okay, this shark is so focused on the Brody family. What's going on? And we discussed that, so I won't go over it again. But seriously, it, it's crazy. All right. Michael and Jake come to a deal where Michael really doesn't want to study the shark. He wants to finish what they have the grant money to do, which is study conch. Mm -hmm. And Jake's like, no, I want to study the shark thing and write it up. Like, you don't have the money for that. <laughs> you don't have anything for that. They make a deal to spend a few days studying the shark and then get back to the conch shell stuff. Okay. And then it cuts to a New Year's casino party. Yay! Yay! This thing cuts around like crazy. <laughs> and Michael King is losing at craps, but he's having fun with Mama Brody. And they all sit down to dinner and and Jake almost lets slip about the shark while they're eating dinner. Uh -huh. And Michael is broody and depressed. And Mama Brody is now very happy. And it's like they've switched personalities. And so he goes to dance with his mom. And she's like, hey, I'm sorry about asking you to quit your job. It's fine. I'm over it now. And the mom is apologizing about being so devastated and obsessed with the shark. And so Michael's she's like, like oh. over, over the sharks. She's like, yeah, it's, it's cool. Over. That's my point. Michael can cure her of her depression, her grief, and her paranoia. Michael <laughs> Caine is the best thing. But not her thing. psychic connection with the shark. <laughs> no, apparently not. So that's what I'm saying. Like This movie spends so much time exploring the grief of the mom to have it be immediately dismissed here. <laughs> The power of Michael Caine. And now Michael is the one who's freaked out. And I'm like, what's going on, Michael? He's like, nothing, don't worry about it. <laughs> Definitely didn't have a shark jump into a boat and try and kill just me. <laughs> right. Uh, that's something you might want to share with everyone. <laughs> I don't know if I'd share that with my crazy mother that's having some issues. <laughs> so because the next day where Michael and Jake are back on the boat and Michael is watching Jake make a transmitter or tagging device for the shark. That also measures its heartbeat for some reason uh -huh. to study it. And they're arguing about to study the shark or to study the conch. And at this point, I'm like, if there's a shark in the Bahamas that clearly is violent, why aren't you telling people? This is – people are going to get hurt. This is a shark that could kill people at the beaches. And they're like, well, just keep quiet about it. No one needs to know. Yeah, it does seem like you tell some – at least like the agency that you're working for or something about it. Or the it. Coast Guard or, the or Coast someone Guard, so that yeah. people can watch out for all the people in the ocean in the beaches who may be attacked, which comes up later. No shock. Are they farther out in the water or are they fairly close to the shoreline? I, they just go out during the day and come back. I don't know how far they are, but it doesn't seem like they're that far out. I mean, because there's sharks in the ocean, so calling in every single 
jungle shark would be weird, but because... Yeah, but a great white shark that already tried to attack somebody, that shouldn't be in the ocean there in the first place. Right. I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah. It literally tried to attack somebody. At that point, you're like, hey, this isn't just some tiger shark out here chilling. This is a man-eater. <laughs> man. A revenge-focused man-eater. <laughs> so anyway, they talk about studying the shark for a few days. And this is strictly as a bad plan for all the reasons I've laid out that maybe other people should be involved in this decision process, but no one else is. Secret shark. And then it cuts back to Michael and his wife arguing about the garbage because he forgot to take it out. It's his day off, apparently. And she figures out that something's on his mind because they're arguing, but he won't talk about it. And it's sharks. Sharks are on his mind, Mama Brody. No, this is not Mama Brody. This is his wife. Well, wife Brody. Daughter-in-law Brody. <laughs> <laughs> This is very hard. We should just all have of. names. Something Brody. <laughs> <laughs> and she starts to work on her sculpture, so she takes on an acetylene torch and like is lights she gonna it. she going to die? You asked about every character, Danielle. <laughs> Let the movie happen. <laughs> I'm more worried about all the side characters than I am about the main characters right now. I know you are. And then Michael looks at her while she has the acetylene torch lit and says, I've always wanted to make love to an angry welder. I've dreamed about nothing else since I was a small boy. And somehow... Beyond all comprehension, that line works, and they have sex it's in the bar. It's a funny barn. line. I mean, it's, <laughs> if that but was your partner's like, sense of humor, I'd laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought about how nothing else. I was a small boy. What the heck? <laughs> oh, it was a funny line. It's a funny line. It's also bonkers and pointless for the movie because I don't know why this scene is here. Because all movies should have a sex scene. And this is where I wrote. I swear, half the scenes of this movie seem pointless. So <laughs> I was getting sick of this by this point. So then it cuts back to the boat just keep cutting like it's interrupting all the good shark stuff with pointless <laughs> relationship stuff God. It's, it's crazy how dare they have relationships that aren't related to the shark at least have relationships that matter or we care about <laughs> they don't add any drama no one here was in danger it just, it's, it's, they're pointless they're just a filler they're just developing the characters showing them that they have you know, life's outside of the shark. Danielle, please, if you saw this movie, you'd realize that is not happening. <laughs> These characters are flat as paper. <laughs> you would know better than I. So anyway, they cut back to Jake on the boat with Michael, and they're chumming the water, and they have slabs of meat hung over the side of the boat to track the shark. All they need to do is throw Michael in there. I don't know why they're <laughs> bothering with the chum. <laughs> they're not quite figured that part out yet, I guess. And so Jake is in this, like, rope contraption where he's being suspended, like, cantilevered out over the edge of the boat hole in this like harpoon no he's gonna get on one end. <laughs> and again i wrote this all seems like a bad idea this is, this is idea. terrible <laughs> so it cuts the shark cam as the shark moves towards the boat looking like a rubber bath toy <laughs> and the shark disappears for a moment and everyone is a little confused because they saw the fin and the fin is gone and then it lunges for the meat that's hanging over the edge of the boat and grabs on and while it's grabbed onto the meat hung over the boat edge jake stabs it with the thing and then pulls back the the harpoon and leaves the transmitter embedded in the shark so it's like monitoring its heart like got little metal paddles in it mm -hmm. and it's rather anticlimactic it's just a shark grabs the thing they tag it yay job done <laughs> the drama will come later meanwhile it's back to the b story of mom dating michael kane and okay that's the a storyline for me i don't know why you keep <laughs> referring to it as the b storyline <laughs> I don't remember what's happening. They're at a restaurant or something. I forget. I, I stopped paying attention to the story at this point. <laughs> I literally How wrote are we friends, in my notes, Sam? <laughs> I can't bring myself to care, even though Michael Caine is charming, as usual. <laughs> you don't know what I want to hear at all. <laughs> I don't. But, Danielle, please, if you saw this, you'd realize this is not interesting. It's There's, there's no witty banter, just Michael Caine saying charming things and the mom being like, oh, okay. To be fair, there aren't many things that can compete with Michael Caine, but sharks are True. certainly usually one of them. 
<laughs> I do like a good shark movie. I gotta tell you that now, if you watch it, you realize this is all very boring. <laughs> and then the mom and Michael's wife are talking about Michael Caine. <laughs> this movie's really just about Michael Caine. That's <laughs> what we've it learned. So it's back on the boat, and Michael and Jake are in the boat chasing the shark, and it's it's beeping on the shark transmitter. They can literally hear the heartbeat like a heart monitor, a shark monitor, if you Ooh, will. Oh, just later? Can you hear the heart monitor going? It's going like beep, 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 as it gets closer and closer and closer. No, because that'd be interesting. <laughs> oh, another lost opportunity. <laughs> I will tell you now why they have a heart monitor for the shark as opposed to just a signal that tells you where it is uh-huh. never comes up it's pointless really? it doesn't impact the movie in any way See, the heart monitor should have been going while it was swimming towards the little child on the rope swing that would have been good yeah exactly see that'd be a much better scene <laughs> you're welcome jaws for give me a call <laughs> <laughs> punch it up <laughs> So they're out chasing the shark, and while they're chasing the shark, Michael is interrogating Jake about the pilot, about Michael Caine, to see if he's a good match for his mom. And everyone is talking about his mom relationship with Michael Caine while they're chasing a killer shark that just came for him. His priorities are whack. (laughs) Well, it's really boring in between shark attacks, Sam. I guess. And then the signal on the shark monitor goes out, and they just say, okay, we lost him. We'll get back to it later. (laughs) Did the shark take it out? Like... It just, no, it's out of it's range out of or range? something. Okay. I don't know. It comes back. They, they don't question it. They're like, oh, I, my equipment doesn't fail, so it has to be out of range. Equ- equipment's amazing. It never fails. Yeah, he makes it by hand out of, like, bubble gum and plastic bottles, and somehow it's perfect. <laughs> it's very jerry-rigged. Those are the best devices. So now Michael is having nightmares about the shark. He's basically become his mother. Uh-huh. And <laughs> this movie just drags on and on. It's 90 minutes. <laughs> At this point, I was just getting like, where's the actual shark? When are we going to have more shark? Then that's back to Michael in the submersible, tagging the conch. And Jake is like, hurry, I want to get back to the shark because, you know, we want to do that. And while Michael is down there, finally, Jake sees the shark show up on the radio transmitter. Beep, 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 shark coming nearer. Uh-oh. Yeah. So Michael is told to get out of the water. Duh. Get out of the water. And the Jaws theme plays. And the shark then attacks Michael in the submersible to start chewing up that little submersible thing. Ugh. It's not good. The camera shakes a lot. It's hard to see what's going on. It's not very clear. But Michael manages to escape out of the submersible. And it's not very scary because the shark is just kind of like slowly chewing on the submersible while Michael extricates himself from that thing. And it's not tense or at all dramatic. He just sort of like, okay, let's get out of here. Uh, There we go. And then it's like a low-speed underwater chase. He's swimming away from the shark and the shark is slowly following him. (laughs) There goes $300,000 grant. Right. And so he's swimming and he hides in an old shipwreck. And the phone rubber shark is like prowling around through the shipwreck trying to find him. Does he have like a diving suit on or something? Yeah, he's a scuba suit. I okay. told you the um, submersible isn't enclosed or anything. It's just sort of like a, a small like metal cage around them with a motor to pull them around. You did mention that, but I didn't fully visualize it. So he's in the shipwreck hiding from the shark and he's swimming through portholes and, you know, whatever, rusted out holes in the ship. And the shark is trying to track him down somehow. And he ends up in a hall trying to open a hatchway. And the shark is like right behind him down the hallway, like moving up the hallway towards him. And he's like, oh no! And the shark is slowly coming towards him. And it's very goofy looking. But it's probably the most like legitimately, this is the part that'd be the scariest for me. Is like, oh, I'm in a hallway with the dead end and the shark is coming towards me. Yeah, that's that, scary. In real life, that'd be scary. Yeah, so this is the most scary scene in the movie. And he's freaking out and he finally gets the hatch open. He falls through the hatch. So he doesn't and punch the shark, the shark in the nose. No, he doesn't punch the shark in the nose with a meat cleaver or otherwise. <laughs> Could have been a winning solution. <laughs> Could have. But he does have a much better solution, which is great. So he falls down. He's still sort of in the shipwreck. And the shark is trying to bash its way through the wall. And he starts taking off his scuba gear. 
and he futzes around with the regulator on his tank. And somehow this causes the tank to shoot a jet of bubbles straight down and like jets him up out of the water. Uh-huh. <laughs> like through a hole in the roof of the shipwreck and just out. And he's safe with the jetpack <laughs> scuba gear thing. <laughs> It's really great. And Jason grabs him and, and hoists him onto the Does he the pop ship. out of the water or does he just like pop to the top of the water? I think he just pops to the top of the water. Yeah, he doesn't like do a dolphin leap, which <laughs> okay. would be much funnier. <laughs> I was hoping he was dolphin kicking out of the water. No. And so Michael is sort of in shock sitting on the side of the boat watching the ocean while everyone's sort of like, oh, your arm is bleeding. He got like a cut on his arm from the shark and they're patching him up. And then they cut to the next day where Michael is insisting on going back into the water against the argument of everyone who's like, no, there's a shark down there who clearly has it in for you. Don't go in the water. You know, there's sharks that singularly, like, take people out. <laughs> everyone just sort of assumes the shark is after Michael. They all, they're all on board with this theory pretty immediately. <laughs> and Michael says, I'm scared. What else can I do if I can't get back in the water? Okay, sure. Go back in the water then. And that's so dumb. <laughs> this isn't like a face your fear of heights thing where you have to, like, walk across a bridge or whatever. This is, there's literally a killer shark that killed your brother probably and is coming to kill you and like i'll just get back in the water to face my fears otherwise my fears will control me this is not a point where your fears control you this is a part where your fear is trying to tell you something useful it's like finding out your co-workers a serial killer and then you just keep going to work you're like no i face my fears of serial killers by going and hugging them no <laughs> that's not what you do so but he does it he gets back in the water He's banjoing with jake kind of half-heartedly and is startled by an eel that goes like Rah! eel <laughs> Can you do that? Wait, I didn't miss that. Could you do that again? What did the eel do? (laughs) It's recorded, Danielle. You can go back and listen to it. (laughs) So then it cuts to Michael's wife on the beach with the whole family, and they're there for the unveiling of her sculpture. And Michael's late because he's not there yet. Is it a giant shark eating a human? (laughs) No, it's just an abstract metal sculpture that kind of looks like a shark mouth in a way. But the granddaughter is being fussy, and she wants to go play out on the boats. There's a raft. Like, a bunch of the kids are playing on a raft out in the water. And she's like, okay, go play on the water with the raft. What? She lets her? Yeah, the, the mom does. And the, and the grandmother's just kind of like, mm, it's okay. Oh, that seems like a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> Again, they should live in Nebraska. <laughs> Again, Nebraska, fewer sharks. And, you like, your kid's not going to ask to go in the water. <laughs> <laughs> True. So the granddaughter's out in this raft and playing in the water. And the grandmother, her shark sense tingles. And she looks out into the water and sees a fin. And so everyone starts looking out and they freak out. And they get sucking out of the water. And the shark is going after the granddaughter on this raft. <laughs> and shark. It's a smart shark. And it lunges for the granddaughter but misses. And there's this other blonde girl behind her on the raft who gets chomped down by the shark. Oh, no! Just some rando. And everyone else gets out of the water. And no one really seems concerned with the rando getting chopped by the shark. Like, she's being munched on and dragged underwater. And everyone just sort of ignores her. Like, they're all concerned about the granddaughter and everyone and getting everyone else out of the water. We didn't really like Lisa like, anyway. <laughs> yeah, they sort of ignore her. And they're like, oh, well, what can you do? Shark got her. Moving on. They didn't get the main character, so we don't care. Apparently, they're just shark attacks all the time anyway. So they're probably used to it. It's so random. And I kind of feel bad for the grandmother at this point because she just got over her paranoia obsession with the shark to be surprised. Shark assassin is real. Yeah. 
You'd never get over it. You'd never get over it, ever. Now she she has confirmation that all her paranoia is true. (laughs) She is going to be traumatized for life. Not even Michael Caine can save that. So Grandma gets this determined look on her face, and she marches off and goes steals Michael's boat and takes it out on the water to go after the shark. And I am here for this. I'm here for grieving mother versus killer shark. Does she have, like, weapons? No. She just takes the boat and goes out after the shark. No plan. the shark to its death? (laughs) I don't know what her plan is, but she's here to chew bubblegum and kick shark butt and she's all out of bubblegum. <laughs> I mean, I'm here for this plot line, but I'm a little concerned for her. <laughs> it's nuts. It's great. So it cuts to Michael getting home saying, sorry I'm late. I didn't mean to be late. And the daughter's crying in the mother's arms and he learns that his daughter was attacked by the shark and apparently he's in shock. But the doctor says she should be all right. And no one mentions the poor random girl who got killed. Like, she is not probably like, oh, your granddaughter has shock. It's terrible. No. What about the girl who was literally mauled to death by a shark? I told you nobody cared about Lisa. She's kind of a little brat. Okay. Great. That's her name, Lisa the Shark Bait. <laughs> So Michael spills the beans about knowing about the shark and his wife is pissed, just screaming at him, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? And I think it's legitimate because if there's a killer shark on the loose in the beach town you live in, you should tell people. I agree. And then Michael realizes his mother isn't there and just leaves to go find her. Uh-huh. Nobody knows because she just went off on her own, right? Yeah, exactly. And so he goes gets Jake and they go out to find the mother. So they take a little motorboat out in the water to go find the mother. But as they're going out, they run into... The pilot, Michael Caine, in his own rowboat. And they're like, you'll never catch her like that. Let me take you in my plane. So they catch the plane now. So I don't know why they went on the rowboat in the first place. Why did they just take Michael Plane and go in- Michael Plane. Sorry. Why did they just take Michael Plane? Why did they take Michael Caine and go in the plane? We should have just called him Michael Plane the whole episode. <laughs> it's a good name. I'm going to change it to Michael Plane because he drives a plane. That's literally his only character trait. It's that he's a womanizer and likes to gamble. How did they know that the mother went to the water? Because his boat is missing. Oh, okay. So you didn't say that. Well, I told, I said he stole his boat, so. Yes, but I didn't realize they had acknowledged that the boat was missing. I mean, kind of. He just sort of runs out to the dock and gets into a boat immediately. He doesn't investigate. It's pretty clear he knows where she is immediately somehow. Okay. Maybe he's psychic too. I don't know. Run to the family. So they're with Michael Plane. <laughs> Michael Plane in his plane, and they're going out to find the mom. They're flying over, and the mom is putting around in the boat, and the shark appears behind her, chasing the boat. And she stops the boat, turns around and stares at the shark and says, Come and get me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and it's like she's doing her best Ripley impression, and I love it. <laughs> and so the plane then spots the mom in the boat and sees the shark, you know, on collision course with the mom. And the shark kind of lunges out of the water as the plane swoops down and, like, buzzes the shark to scare it away a little bit. Uh-huh. But the shark's not having that. Apparently, planes are scary to sharks, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and so Michael Plane radios in their position to the Coast Guard, and then he goes to make a water landing. This is not a water plane. This plane cannot land in the water, but he does it anyway for some reason. All planes can land in the water, Sam. (laughs) If you try hard enough, you can. So this is where the movie really starts to go off the rails with their plans, and they start to make no sense. Like, the shark plan makes sense. More sense than the, the people's plan, plans. meaning the woman going out into the lake no. and just, or the water and just being like, eventually no. the shark will find me. No. The shark's murder plan makes more sense <laughs> okay. than the human's plan in this movie. Like the shark has a clearly thought out plan compared to the humans who are clueless as to what they're doing. <laughs> it's amazing how much better prepared the shark is than the human beings. <laughs> So Michael Caine's big plan is to land the plane in the water so it starts sinking and to stay behind and distract the shark long enough for Michael and Jake to swim to the boat with the mom on it, which 
the mom was pretty safe up on the giant boat. Like, it's a pretty big boat. Uh-huh. She was safe there, and no one's in the water, and they were safe up in the air, yeah, and they knew where yeah, she like, was, and the Coast Guard them? is coming. So why is Michael Caine landing the plane in the water where it's dangerous and making Michael and Jake swim through the dangerous water to get to the boat, and now they haven't gained anything. Now they're just all in the boat with the mom. It's not like they've changed any, they haven't brought any weapons with them. They don't have any shark killing equipment. They're just now all in the boat the mom was on, and they're all still just there. Yeah. Where they could have been in the plane, maybe spotting the shark or continuing to buzz the shark or doing anything else to be helpful. <laughs> yeah, that's a terrible plan. I agree. <laughs> and literally a suicide plan. Michael Caine is literally like, I'm going to stay behind distracted while you all swim to safety. How's he so get- literally- Okay. I feel like I should, should know the answer to this question, but how is the plane going to get it back off the water? It doesn't. It sinks. It's, it's gone. Gonna, yeah. Like, there's no way. <laughs> no, he literally just destroyed a plane to put two people on a boat where they can offer nothing to help. <laughs> At least as far as they know. It is the dumbest plan. <laughs> Clearly the shark is the smarter creature here. <laughs> You're the one movie where you root for the shark. Uh, there are a couple of movies where you root for the shark, I'll be honest. <laughs> so it's a dumb plan, but it works, kind of. So Michael and Jake swim to the boat, and the shark immediately goes for the plane, and you see it chomping down on the door <laughs> with Michael Caine, and, and it all sinks, and they all Michael Caine's dead. He's gone. <gasps> no, really? He sinks, he's gone. Shark... Chomp down the plane. Everyone's like, oh, no, and just unceremoniously gone. That's so sad. Poor Mama Brody. <laughs> so the mom is pissed at Michael. He's like, why are you out here? I tried to tell you. Why would you come out here and put yourself in danger? That's her concern. Michael yeah. Plane's dead, and she's like, son, why are you <laughs> <What>? so terrible? <laughs> why? Well, she's like, now her son's in danger, and she's like, I told you so, which – Fair. She did tell him about the murder shark, but in Michael's defense, who would ever believe such a crazy thing? <laughs> well, Michael should have quite a while ago because he got attacked by the shark. Yeah. Clearly, he does not put two and two together as a almost PhD conch biologist, I guess. But surprise, Michael Caine climbs up onto the boat in his face. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I was really worried there. <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. So now they're all on the boat, and their situation is no better than it was when they were in the plane. And the engine is flooded, so they can't turn the boat's engine back on to get out of there. And Michael Caine and Mama Brody start bailing out the boat, and they get the bilge pumps going to try to get the engine from being literally flooded. Why is it flooding, the boat? Did I miss that? No, it just is. <laughs> it's just got water in the engine Wait, somehow. Why? How? <laughs> Not clear. It's unclear. What? Maybe Mama Brody stuck something her way out. It's just the boat had got water in the engine, <laughs> so deal with it. The boat was fine a minute ago. <laughs> she literally puttered it out there and then turned it off, and then it won't start up again. It's... To quote Jurassic Park, Danielle, water finds a way. <laughs> to misquote it. <laughs> I, um, I don't think so. I think that's right. I feel that's right. <laughs> so Jake, meanwhile, starts building some contraption. I'm not sure what it is. I think it might be like a remote control bomb or something, but it's actually just like a flashlight. Wait, like wait, one of those wait, big whoa, industrial whoa, flashlights. Whoa, whoa, He's building some kind of contraption and it might be a remote controlled bomb. <laughs> It, I think I thought it was at first, but it's actually not a bomb. It's like a flash bulb, like a flashlight. What is he building it out of? They have, you know, his electrical equipment on the boat that they use for their research. Like, made the transmitter out of for the shark. Why is it on the boat? Because he stole the boat? Because she this stole the boat? This is their boat. This is Michael's and Jake's boat. Okay, they for so research. they're making a light thing. They're making a remote control thing. And what he says is, if it the shark responds to external electrical impulse, it might respond to one inside him, confuse him, and drive him crazy. So I'm no biologist or no almost PhD biologist like these two gentlemen are, but that sounds crazy. His plan is to throw a remote control, buzzy, electrical 
impulse device into the shark so that when it goes off in his stomach, the flashbulb will drive the shark crazy because inside him, I don't know what the... It, it's all, it, nonsense. He's going to throw it in the shark's mouth? Yeah. It says inside him. He wants to get this thing inside the shark so that he can push a button and it'll like strobe light will go off like a, like a camera flash <laughs> will go off driving the shark crazy because it's lighting up the inside well, somehow maybe if something electrical was going off inside of your body that would be very distracting I, I know that sharks do have certain sensory abilities to sense electromagnetic forces for you know prey under the sand right. i don't know if great whites can do that. i know that like hammerheads can do that i think but maybe others but i don't think a flash bulb inside your body is going to be <laughs> strong enough to make such a huge difference. That seems like crazy. Sounds like something we should try out this summer. <laughs> okay, find me a great white shark, we'll do it. <laughs> Apparently, I just need to find a Brody and we can, we can get a shark. <laughs> <laughs> they follow them like, like rats in the Pied Piper. Yeah, you and I can meet up somewhere and we're going to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> we should go to Nebraska, find a Brody in Nebraska to see how the shark gets there because I'm super curious. <laughs> And then shoot a projectile into its mouth and see if we can electrify it. Oh, it's not a projectile, Danielle. It's much stupider than that. <laughs> projectile, I meant just something projectiling through the air. Okay, projectiling. <laughs> so the shark beat monitor is going off as the shark is getting closer, uh, but then it goes quiet, but somehow the shark is still nearby. I thought his machine didn't. I thought his machine always worked. It goes off and on at will, Danielle. It'll come back. I don't know why. It, it's got dramatic timing, I guess. <laughs> Well, that's a very smart shark. So Jake once again rigs up his harpoon and hooks himself into the ropes and is cantilevered out over the bowsprit, so the little pointy part at the front of the boat, like leaning out mm -hmm. over the water to tag the shark with this thing. That's his best plan. And so we all know where this is going. <laughs> the shark once again lunges out of the water and Jake shoves the pole with the thing into the shark's mouth and the thing goes down its gullet. And then the shark lunges at Jake and, sh and, and Jake goes down his bites down too. on him and starts eating him and gets him into the water. And Michael just kind of stares after him going, Jake! Aww. And it's like slow-mo. Like they do that thing where they slow down the camera. It's not actual slow-mo. It's like fakey slow-mo. <laughs> and it's terrible. It's great. So Jake Poor is being chomped Jake. on. But his little device is inside the shark to be mission accomplished. Jake was like my third favorite character. <laughs> So sad. So Michael King is the first. Who is second? Mama Brody. That's fair. She's awesome. I was rooting for her. <laughs> so Michael goes and gets the remote for the device that Jake made as Mama Brody and Michael Plane are trying to drive the boat away. Uh -huh. And there are flashbacks to the other encounters with the shark, both in this movie and the previous movies. Uh -huh. It cuts to, you know, Roy Scheider and, and things like that. And I'm not sure what's going on and why. It's very confusing. Like, it's all edited in a very confusing way. I, I had to watch the climax like four or five times to figure out what actually happened on film. Is the shark just having flashbacks to its previous existences? <laughs> Maybe it's reincarnation. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like the previous people that ate in the other movies. That would be amazing. So Michael activates the device, which sounds like a, a fibrillator almost like goes zhoo, <laughs> and the shark roars off in the distance it in roars, pain like literally it goes roars? like, <laughs> like you hear the shark being mad about the pain it's do sharks crazy. make noises like that no no they don't but this shark kind of does it like does something like that it's crazy <laughs> and then the device starts fritzing out so it becomes unreliable like it sometimes goes off and sometimes will and the shark is swimming towards the boat and mike goes out on the bow of the boat and it keeps flashing back to the first jaws movie with like a sepia overlay like a bad sepia filter on the first jaws movie and it's where chief brody roy scheider is shoots the shark and is like you know take that and the shark 
explodes. Uh-huh. But he doesn't actually, he doesn't actually go to the party. He just, he just shows him aiming up the gun. And again, I have to watch like four times for what happened because the fake shark from this movie, Josh for the fake rubber shark, like impales itself on the bowsprit, <laughs> the front of the boat, and then explodes. <laughs> the, the shark just literally explodes what for no it reason. It just, I guess it was full of nitroglycerin or something, because it just rams itself onto the bowsprit. It looks fake as heck, explodes in a very fake-looking explosion, destroying the boat. Like, the boat is taken out. This is a massive explosion. So maybe Jake did make a bomb. I don't know. (laughs) I can't figure out what's happening. It does not make any sense. And so as the boat lies in ruins, Michael Caine and Mama Brody are right on a driftwood and parts of the boat, and, and Michael does so. And then... Who floats up? But Jake. Jake floats by, all bloody but alive. Yay! I'm so glad all my characters survived. And so he's doing pretty well for a dude who was chewed on by a shark and is floating in salt water and losing a lot of blood. <laughs> salt water's cleansing. Yeah, okay. It also stings like heck. <laughs> yeah, but it is cleansing. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> and so now it cuts to... Apparently, the Coast Guard get them because we never see what happens after that. It just cuts to them with Mama Brody getting on the plane with Michael Caine to leave the island. Her vacation is over. <laughs> what a vacation it was. And everyone is totally hunky-dory. And the credits roll while Michael Caine tells a story about nuns, about flying nuns around while he taxis the plane out and takes off with the mom. And that's <laughs> the end of the story. Yay! Movie over. Jaws for the revenge. The shark got some revenge, but they revenged the revenge of the shark by revenging on the shark. <laughs> That's quite the movie. It's insane. It's a crazy movie. The human plans in this movie are the dumbest (laughs) things. The shark is clearly the mastermind here. Clearly the smartest thing in this movie is the shark. And I'm disappointed that it somehow decided to suicide bomb the boat. (laughs) And that was its big plan Maybe that was part of its plan. You just didn't realize it. I honestly still don't really know what happened at the end. I rewound and watched like four or five times. I could not see what was going on. (laughs) I still don't know exactly what happened, why the shark impaled itself on the boat. It's I feel like the movie is edited very badly right there because it just cuts, 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 and I don't know what's happening. Well, I'm willing to go with the shark impaling itself on the boat because it's driven insane by the weird electromagnetic issues inside of its stomach. I don't understand why it blows up. Yeah, that is confusing. I thought at first that the explosion was the explosion from Jaws 1 when he shot the air tank in the shark, Uh but it wasn't. I I had to go back because the boat in this Jaws movie explodes. So I don't know what's happening. I don't know why. I think they just thought that maybe they saw Jaws, the first Jaws, (laughs) and assumed all sharks explode. (laughs) I mean, that's, yes, how sharks die. You didn't know that, Sam? Uh, I didn't. I didn't know that sharks were highly explosive creatures. (laughs) Shark trivia, everybody. When a shark (laughs) dies, it naturally explodes. (laughs) Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't add us, please. (laughs) So that, I think, is the conclusion of Shark Week. And what a conclusion it was. Ugh. Well, it was a crazy movie. I, I honestly was confused throughout most of this movie. <laughs> I was confused through most of this movie. Confused or bored, but yeah. <laughs> well, if you have any answers for us, because if you can figure out what happened in that climax, please contact us. Yes, yeah, Sam needs to know, clearly. I do need to know. I still don't know what happened in that movie. If you know why Michael Caine can cure depression, please... <laughs> Let us know. We know why Michael Caine can cure depression. I guess we know why, but you know, maybe if you have like any experience with the efficacy of Michael Caine, if there are any side effects, please let me know. <laughs> Before getting treated by Michael Plain, please check with a doctor. 
You can contact us at bookretorts.com. Or find us on social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at bookretorts. So join us next week for more weird media. And until then, bye. Take care, everybody. It's a very silly movie, Danielle. <laughs> it's a movie that starts. It starts at a place where a shark is seeking revenge on people <laughs> for another shark in a previous movie. If that's your starting point for silliness, Danielle. It only gets crazier from there. Doesn't that make you want to go back and watch Jaws 2 and 3 and see what happened, though? No, because I kind of love <laughs> the mystery. <laughs> I don't really want to know what happened to make the shark take revenge. I just really want to imagine you go straight from Jaws 1 to Jaws 4, and it's just like the fraternity of sharks out to kill these people as like a secret society of, you know, fraternity of sharks. assassin sharks. Jaws the Revenge Fraternity of Sharks. <laughs> that's a better name. <laughs> oh my gosh.